talking here. I can, I can I hear you. There must be some lag uh, because I'm the one who's talking think, right now, and my topic my is point, that more important. I'm going to need you to uh, turn yours. your if you could so if unplug you could, your microphone uh, and just lay off for a little let bit. Me, I'd love let to me talk. Let me express my opinion. My How was your week? Bill, wake the f- wake <laughs> up, Bill. Edit. <laughs> Bill, press the edit button. Just uh, <clears throat> how was my week? Yeah. Oh man. Hello and welcome, by the way. Thank you. I'm uh, happy to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, <laughs> I I am doing well, thank you uh, so much. My week also well. <laughs> okay. So, uh, it was good, man. You know, those weeks in the office, they they kind of create stress after a while, but you've got to learn to take it in stride. It's, <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's just, a, it's a job. Right? Right? I hear oh. that. How was your week this week? Well, it was good, and it, it ended with uh, a bang. I went last night to see Ben Folds with the symphony orchestra oh my goodness and yeah that was a last minute thing we had we had friends that were going to come to town and couldn't make it so they gave us their tickets uh and so i wouldn't have i wouldn't have gone otherwise but i'm glad we did uh the first half of the show i, I was kind of meh i wasn't really too into it but then by the second half he he got me into it and the, i'm not a big Ben Folds fan, but mm-hmm. there are a few songs that I've listened to, and he played some of those, so I got into it. And then by the third half, it was he had me. He had my really? heart. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, Ben Folds is a creative fella. Uh, he's he's one of those guys that doesn't he doesn't like stick out in the in the music industry. But uh, man, it seems like whenever I listen to him or see him see a live YouTube video or, or anything like that. Uh, he's 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 a creative dude. He's got he's, some. Uh, yeah, some he's, he's got a, a, a unique persona, I guess. He and does. He, you know, he, he talked as uh, as front men do. He talked, and it was interesting to listen to, and it was nice because he was saying, hey, "Come and support your local orchestra, and your you know come to more events than than just this one." Uh, and said, like, obviously, a lot of you. Uh, only came here for me, and this is your first time here. This isn't the typical crowd, but come back because this is a very important thing for the city. And I agree, I agree. So I, I was glad, and it's great. This this also occurred to me. He is he has a beard now, and he has uh, medium length hair, and he is a pocket Skyler. Oh my goodness! And yeah, yeah, he is a a pocket, a small Skyler. Both in the way he looks, he doesn't have red hair, but the shape of the hair and the beard uh, sure. come together to form you. And even in the way he talks and his mannerisms, uh, I was like, "Wow, this is a pocket Skyler." And not only did I think that, but uh, my lady friend also said that before I, I mentioned it to her. Really? She said, "Yeah, yeah." She's out of the blue said he reminds me of Skylar <laughs> and I said yes I'm gonna need to uh, look look into this guy a little bit more because I'm yeah, oh, starting don't, to really like him no don't google him though because he 
if you look at him up close, he doesn't look like you. But from the 50 feet away that that we were, uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty spot on. There was also a uh, there was a gentleman beside us trying to take a picture with his phone. They make it very clear before the show that you are not allowed to have your phone out and taking pictures. And I was impressed because he he was diddling around on the phone for just a moment before he put it up to take a picture. And right when he lifted that thing up, there were lasers all over him, red laser dots. <laughs> oh, really? And so yeah. So for That's the next cool. for the next like ten minutes, I was I was looking up in the rafters. I was looking for someone supported by like a, a fly wire coming down from the ceiling with a laser. It was so fast, and oh, that's cool. And he dropped the phone immediately, and you know, tried to act like he wasn't doing anything. But it, the response time was magnificent. I didn't even know that they could do something like that uh, right. in that space. But it's genius. So, was he using flash photography or just any photography? I I don't think he got a picture taken. They just saw so there that wasn't his, a f- his phone screen was. Ah, it was relatively dark in there right because they put light on the stage and then we're all shrouded in darkness and so you could probably see if you had a top-down view i don't know where the lasers came from (laughs) that's cool that's a that's a cool concept and it doesn't uh it doesn't you know you're not calling them out in front of everybody but at the same time you kind of are you're saying hey dude uh we see you doing that oh some some people noticed and I, so I was sitting, this was the guy right next to me. So, and then I felt embarrassed for some right. reason. I was like, oh my God, what, you know, it's kind of dark in here. What if they think it was me with the phone or something? So I'm trying to lean away from him and not look at, I don't want to like acknowledge to him that I saw him get in trouble and I don't want him to have to do the same to me. You don't want to be the nosy neighbor. I don't want to do that. I just don't want to be implicated, but just by virtue of where I'm sitting, I am. Right. So, wow, that's a that's a really cool concept. You know, it, it, it is. I'm sure it only happens at certain concerts because at a lot of concerts, you see you see people experiencing the entire concert through their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at Absolutely. a lot of a lot of more high high energy concerts where there's general admission and people are you know standing near the stage. But this sounds like it was more of a symphonic orchestra type. Well, that's exactly what it was. It, w- it was in the. It was in the. Um, I don't know the building, the the, the symphony building. Yep. Uh, downtown. So yeah, it, w- it was all seated. Everyone was seated, and so and it was his phone screen. He had it up pretty bright, so it was like turning on a TV in the middle of the night, and not too hard to catch. Not right. a not a bright idea, but I, yeah, so impressed with that that response time. That's slick. I'd like to see uh, see where those people were standing with the lasers. You and never will, how, though. I how I can get one of those jobs. That'd be fun. I Right? Just were to they, point lasers at, at people's eyes. And I think it was multiple, but it might have just been one like kind of array laser with three or four dots. Were these moving. lasers coming from the front or the back? I don't know. Where, I just Where were they shining on the guy? Well, all over. They, they kind of... <laughs> They scattered around him like little bees, <laughs> and I, again, I don't know if it was one or it, because right when it hit him, he put it down. He's like, "Oh, I blew it." So, wow. yeah, yeah, and I don't know where these came from. He he just looks up and he's got at least one sniper dot on his forehead, saying, "If you if you take that picture, <laughs> you're out of here." Right. You're yeah. 
We're gonna have to carry you out on the, on a stretcher here, and it's gonna we're disrupt. We're joking around everything. when we we're, said no pictures. No, and well, it looked like a tactical laser too. This wasn't just your, um, you know, cat cat toy laser. This was again like your shotgun of lasers. So, wow. Yeah, man, I like the concept. It it makes a lot of sense. It makes, you know, once once you make an example out of that guy, no one else is gonna gonna be that guy. Oh, so right, right. It makes the the rest of the concert experience that much better for everybody else. Yeah. Because if you're sitting behind that guy, it is super distracting to see a a hugely bright screen uh, right beside but, the bright stage. It was from your it was field dis- of vision. It was distracting for me, and I was, you know. I was kind of I was beside him, but like he was behind me a little bit, but still. And then down the row, at the end of the row, uh, somebody proposed, and it went well. They said yes. It was during their song. Huh. Uh, but that only needs about ten seconds of of airtime. What we're really focused on is the laser here. But there was a, a proposal to cap it off. So. Well, that that was nice of uh, nice of that person to ask that other person to. Ask them to be with them uh, yeah. forever. That you was, couldn't that have worded nice. that. You could not have worded that any better. Also, I'm to be I, politically correct. Yeah, I, I was worried that lasers would just shine all over them when they were doing it. <laughs> nope, can't stand up in the middle of the performance. And they would hit this diamond in this ring, and we would all go blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was good, worried about. That could be a good uh, like cartoon episode. I could see that happening on TV somehow. I, it, it could really actually be one of these nighttime drama episodes. Maybe a hospital show where they have 200 people come in because they were blinded by a laser hit hitting a, a diamond. Yeah, a super powerful laser. Yeah. And so all of their eyes, gone. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It, w- it was an experience. And I'm, I'm glad we went and... Uh, I probably should have talked more about the actual performance than the laser, but you get it. Hey, it's all it's all in the the experience. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Um, again, I've always been really intrigued by Ben Folds, a creative dude who's been around in the music industry for quite a while, uh, and he he's known for doing doing these obscure performances, like like uh, most alternative artists don't quite do. Mm-hmm. Like getting together with a local orchestra, mm-hmm. uh, man, that takes a lot of legwork. But oh, yeah. uh, but it's it's also really effective. Yeah. And yeah. again, promoting that local orchestra or local symphony, he doesn't he doesn't get anything out of that. You know, no. it's uh it's just doing it for the good of the of the industry, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that was really cool because you you could tell that a lot of people were there for the first time. You know, usually you wear khakis or something uh and a dress up shirt but a lot of t-shirts there and so it did bring in a, a new audience which was it was nice oh yeah i want to talk about ski nebraska ski nebraska yeah okay I've heard so of that. so this this came to mind uh because it snowed here recently and then i saw a camera and your your dad may may be one of the original meme makers <laughs> okay, because I remember you you having this or showing me this poster of a picture he took. And he's a amateur photographer. He's not amateur. <laughs> no, he's, he's a pro. He gets he's paid. been a pro for like forty years now. What am, I, what am I saying? Isn't that his main gig? 
It is, yeah. Has been for the past 40 years. He owns his own photography business. Okay. Well, I could see that being his main gig or maybe... I don't know if people get paid to drive around in, like, small, obscure, old cars, like Nash, those little Nash cars, but I could see... I could see that being his main job too. If that oh, yeah. was, if he could monetize that, he's kind of a weird guy. That he is, man. Uh, and so the Ski Nebraska poster was maybe maybe from the seventies. I believe just, so. Yeah. Just a gentleman. Do you know who the gentleman was? That was my father. That was him. Yep. In the picture too. That was him. Oh. He set it up to uh, basically set it up on a timer. I believe, or had somebody else take the picture, uh, but it was him in the skis. Okay, uh, so he, he was in full like ski regale. He had the skis and the poles, and he was puffed up. The scarf, the, the whole the nine pants, yards. Scarfs, goggles, if I remember right. Yeah, I can probably find this online. Oh, you it, definitely can. You showed it to me the first time, and I felt like I had seen it, and then after that, I kept seeing it around. Just in, in kind of weird places. It uh, it pops up, especially around the Midwest. Um, yeah. Now, he, he actually... So we should say that this is a picture of him in a cornfield with no snow, very little snow. There's uh, some snow on, on the skins. ground. Yeah. Um, not, not moving. Very evidently, like, just standing there, but he's crouched down like he's moving fast. Kind of cross-country skiing uh, through just a cornfield. Says, Ski Nebraska and this beautiful typography, this beautiful lettering up top, and that's it. That's the whole thing. In fact, you can even see a tractor in the background if you look close enough. Ooh, uh, going through that cornfield. Um, but you know, I've I've talked to him about this a lot because I'm I'm really intrigued by uh, by that whole project that he did. Um, he actually did that as a means of paying rent. When he was living in Denver, <laughs> uh, he would. It seems like the most obvious way to make money, right? <laughs> he's he's one to come up with super weird, creative ideas, yeah. and that's that's sort of, uh, man, it's super appealing because uh, it's something that not everybody can do. But uh, he, on this on this thing, first he made the Ski Nebraska poster. Uh, he printed off like ten thousand copies, and he sold what? them at Denver Broncos games. What? Yeah, way back in the day. Uh, Why would he uh, think that was like a good idea? I don't know, but it was. <laughs> it, was <laughs> it worked though, really yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, In and he, Denver to sell Nebraska. Okay. Right. And he he sold them at uh, at ski shops and snowboard shops and whatnot back in the day too. Mm-hmm. Um, at airports like the Denver Denver airport, they're like gift shops, uh, all over the place, man. But then that sparked the beginning of this poster making career. Uh, well, not career, but this long-term poster-making project, he ended up doing it for several years and making, I don't even know how many uh, different designs, but it was probably around 30 or 40 different designs. Uh, Ski Missouri, Ski Hawaii, Ski Oklahoma. Yeah, so he did all those too? Oh yeah, that's all. Oh my God, because I saw those around and I I didn't know whether he originated this or if he was just kind of borrowing from other states or like other photographers, but he is, he's ground zero for this. He's, he's the guy in every picture too. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's the meme. This is okay. Now I have to look these up because, okay. Ski Nebraska. And I hope a bunch of other, I hope there's like a, a blog with all of these where someone's a big fan 
That'd be Let's cool. Put all these together. It's such a again. It's such a cool concept. Ski Missouri. Yep. Ski. <laughs> and that's that's him, man. Every time. Oh God, it is. So he. I mean, he's he's also done uh, several several uh, tennis like fun tennis joke posters too. Um, I can't even think of any examples, but there there are quite a few of those as well. Um, this is, we we have to we have to consolidate these into some sort of collection. This is so interesting. He has the originals at his house. I've looked through them a couple times, but it'd be it'd be nice to have it all somewhere online. Yeah, uh, it, you have to. I'm just looking through here, and it, it seems like these you know the ski name of state slogans have been applied to like a lot of different. A lot of different things like people are making their own images with ski nebraska and ski kansas I, how interesting it's fun and he, he did that when he was 28 years old okay so so that's that's one meme and just recently he <laughs> he posted the stiff headwinds in nebraska video which yeah. you shot <laughs> i did yeah uh he, that was, I think, I want to say two Januarys ago, uh, maybe 2015, somewhere around there. Um, that was a fun project, too. It was an 11-second video, something like that, that uh, ended up actually going viral because a buddy of mine posted it on Reddit, and uh, from there it got to the front page, which generated uh, tons and tons and tons of views. So yeah, for, It got to like 100,000 views quick, and then other people started posting it on YouTube as well yeah. that weren't yeah. you and they got a lot of views yeah I didn't realize that uh, that you get so many ripoffs when something goes viral Man. they uh, literally just you know did some sort of uh, some sort of screen capture on the video and posted it and got that a couple thousand views by yeah. doing would, that would you mind walking us through the video and how the how it was made oh absolutely uh, so Again, this was 100% his idea. He said he came to me and he said, uh, "Skylar, I have a weird idea for a YouTube video." Uh, side note: he, Your dad he came, says this to you. Correct. Yes. The millennial. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help me uh, do this. So, actually, a side note though: he came to me about a week ago or so and told me the same thing. So he has another idea <laughs> in the works. <laughs> I can't so, wait. So we're gonna we're gonna shoot it soon. But uh, yeah, we have to talk about that offline. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so so this one, he he said he has a super weird idea. It was a, I mean it was a crazy windy day in Nebraska. It really was. Uh, we we decided to go out to a uh, uh, sort of a rural park around here. Yanny. Uh, it was Cotton Mill. Cotton Mill. Okay. And. Uh, and we, I'm, I'm going to give this away, but, uh, I think but, there were some people who guessed it and com the comment sections on this, I think were the most <laughs> interesting thing because people were divided and that, yeah. that's why it went viral is because it was so divisive. Exactly. People knew it was real and they knew it was fake and they knew how it was real and they knew why it was fake. And <laughs> so many people with like staunch opinions and like really passing it off as true. It was... I'm it gonna seemed, let you explain how it was made because well, it seemed like it broke the internet at the time. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people it was were just the, It was the, the white dress, blue dress, or gold yeah, dress, blue dress of the time. Exactly, for a couple days or weeks. Um, but, okay, so first I'll describe what the video actually turned out to look like. So it ended up looking like the wind was, uh, well, my dad was on his bike, his bicycle. It ended up looking like the wind was blowing him backwards while he was pedaling forwards. Uh, so he was just trying his damnedest to <laughs> to pedal through this wind, but to no avail, and it was just pushing him backwards the entire time. Uh, that's what it looked like. That's what the video shows. Um, how he made it, or how, well, yeah, he made it. Um, I held the camera. We were on a slight hill, so he was facing slightly downhill, a fairly shallow hill. Um, so he started started riding his bike forward while he got after he got some momentum he stopped pedaling and started pedaling backwards so as he was going forwards forward he was pedaling backward uh, and again going down the hill so he keeps going uh-huh. and then uh, and then I mean he literally did that for about 10 or 11 seconds <laughs> and that's that's it and that's it and then we we took that that video of him going forward and pedaling backward and literally just reversed it and this and, caused a, a shit storm yeah so instead of moving forward pedaling backward he was moving backward pedaling forward and you just all you just need to do is like flip the video in some vid- video editing software it's really simple that's so that's so good and that's such a that's such a raw idea of course it comes from him i'm trying to find this video because i want to i want to read some of the comments here if they're still around it seems like a lot of them went away yeah see there's gosh there's several of these yeah the uh, there, the real one still like like many uh there's a mix or wait no okay this, uh, this is so weird but yeah there's several postings that are clearly not you the real one is posted by Michael Erbson. There we go. Uh, that's a that's a friend of my dad's, a fellow photographer in the area. And, and he, had, he actually had the uh, video editing software, so we used that, and we just went ahead and uploaded it from his. There you go. 147,000 views right now. Uh, but, but top comment is, yeah, the, the guy clearly has it. Just a backward video of a dude pedaling in reverse. Yep. But he also says the wind is just added on top of it. The trees aren't moving at all. But uh, <laughs> that that part's actually not true. <laughs> you know, it's uh, that was that was real wind. Uh, the trees aren't moving because they're I think cedar trees, and they're pretty stubborn, especially in that uh, fairly sheltered portion of the park. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so it seems like most of these are pretty negative, like uh, because. They're saying, oh, not real. But if I remember right, a lot of the original comments were, it was about 50-50. So I don't, most of these must have gotten upvoted or, or something. But a lot of the original comments were saying, well, like, you know, how, is, how can this be? How can, how can there be this much wind? This isn't <laughs> yeah. fake. Look at, his, look at his coat. Look at his jacket. He can't do that. Look at his chain. His chain's on there. Right. It's moving, you know, the right way. For but, such a uh, simple video. Oh man. And and the concept I, I love the concept because 
if the chain is on and you're pedaling your bike forward, this there's no way this can happen. Right. Right. Because the, again, the pedals are connected to the the wheel, the back wheel, and so as you're pedaling forward, the back wheel can't be uh, moving backward. It, it'd be moving forward. Right. So it was very smart to to keep the whole apparatus in there not just you know the his head or something but to to shoot the whole bike oh your dad is meme god <laughs> he is man he knows what he's doing i can't i can't wait for this next uh next idea to it's figure fun. out what it is but this yeah the whole ski nebraska thing that's fantastic that that deserves a, a show unto itself man i agree it'd be fun to interview him about the about uh that sometime on the yeah. show yeah he's a weird it, it's it's clear how how you became the way you are. I was thinking a conversation between you and I, and so far it's been pretty pretty vanilla, pretty eggplant. We haven't been too weird, but for a lot of people that know both of us, uh, listening to a conversation between us would be like a special version of hell for them. Right. They, they would just not. I don't know. But that's just but, fine. Yeah. But, I think we're both uh, still trying to trying to get our bearings in this whole recording thing. Yeah, uh, you know you got to be comfortable first, and then, then uh, let out the weird. Yeah, maybe maybe by twelve episodes in or something like that, we'll, oh, we'll sure. start to get the hang of it. But yeah, for right now, I don't I don't see much value <laughs> in this. But that's not to say that uh, it won't be valuable. Episode twelve, I think, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll find our niche. Sure, sure. Bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Got the sniffles today. So, um, I actually wanted to bring something up. As as uh, you're aware, this whole entrepreneurship thing runs in my blood. Um, yes. That's that was my dad's uh, my dad's uh, big shtick, and and still is. Um, now, while I'm working a full time job, I'm also. Uh, constantly trying to find other ways to uh, like run little businesses on the side right uh, have been doing that for several years now and it seems like your goal is not to uh, get rich necessarily but to find ways to like automate automate systems in ways that I guess bring in bring in money but I don't know how to I guess maybe you should explain it but yeah, you have well, an interesting angle toward it that's that's a uh, good way of putting it. It's I mean, the whole passive income thing is uh, I mean, I don't know that it's one hundred percent possible. You can't just set up a system and then uh, not touch it and have it make you you know billions of dollars for the next several years. Billions. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. But uh, you know, it's not it's not quite that simple. But and and a lot of people online sort of preach that stuff to get you to buy their products and whatnot. But mm-hmm. there are ways to do this using the internet and, again, automate the process, uh, whether you're using a virtual assistant, which would be somebody uh, in a different country. Like Bill. Like Bill, uh, for example. Bless you, Bill. Uh, use a virtual re- virtual assistant. So that sort of automates things on your side. Because if you're making enough money so that you can justify paying a virtual assistant, uh, then they'll do the job for you, right? You After go. you have everything set up. So, um, 
among the many, the many, uh, I guess, internet business routes I've gone, one of them, and one one of them that I've always gone back to, is on Amazon. It's called Fulfillment by Amazon. Have you heard of this at all? I kind of have. Is this where they're kind of the warehouse and they they drop ship things for you that you sell, so you never really have to touch much inventory? Uh, actually, that's that is uh, affiliate. So that's mm-hmm. that's when you sell some. That's called affiliate marketing. Yeah. That's when if I have a website, I advertise these certain Amazon products right. as people go to that site. Oh God! Amazon. Bleep! Bleep! Uh, bleep! Bleep Amazon! All this. Bleep. Thanks, Bill. Bill. So, that's yeah, that's affiliates. It's called Amazon Associates program, but uh, but this fulfillment by Amazon is essentially the idea is you go go into just random stores in your area. Let's say bleep Walmart, bleep, uh, mm-hmm. or or any you know any store in your area. You find items that are selling for uh, a much lower price than they normally sell for. You have this app on your phone where you scan the item bar the item's barcode, mm-hmm. and that after scanning it, that that will tell you what it's selling for on Amazon. So the mm-hmm. idea is, if I can find, I'm in the let's say I'm in the toys section, uh, I I scan a random toy that's on clearance. Uh, it's selling at Walmart for two dollars. It sells on Amazon for fifteen dollars, which happens all the time. Ooh! So what you do is you buy as many of that toy as you can. You buy all ten of them that Walmart has. Uh, Have you been doing this? Have you been stocking yeah. up on children's toys and then <laughs> selling them? Uh, not necessarily toys, but uh, anything and everything. Just yeah. children. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is an interesting. Uh, uh, it's an interesting angle into it once again. Right. So, uh, so what you do is is you then send all ten of those items into Amazon. That replenishes Amazon's inventory, and then from there they sell them for you. They. Oh, uh, what they, you just you just buy them and send them to Amazon, and then they yeah. pay pay you because they you pay. found them right. locally for what? Yeah, they. Uh, they pay you as these items sell, and uh, yeah. So after after all ten of them sell, then Amazon is paying me fifteen dollars minus a couple bucks in fees that you need to pay Amazon for doing this. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But let's say they end up paying me ten dollars. Yeah. About ten dollars after the fees. So I'm making eight dollars on each item. So they're paying me a hundred a hundred dollars after I just spent twenty dollars. On the oh items. God! So, so if you could automate this, if you could somehow have a program that just looked at on-hand inventory at local local stores, and then could somehow set up your order for you to say, "Hey, I'll buy this many things and this many things, and I'll be there at this time to pick them up." Oh man! And then some j- just ship them to Amazon. Right. That'd be that'd be incredible. If you could just put all that together. So what what this what this is called? It's called retail arbitrage. Okay. You've, you've probably heard the word arbitrage before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course. I've, yeah. So we were both uh, in lots of business classes in in the college days together. Yes, uh, from uh, 
from the economics standpoint, arbitrage, or retail arbitrage in this case, is the act of basically regulating the market, like the consumer actually uh, evening out the market for these certain products. Mm -hmm. So what it means is that if Walmart's selling it for $2 and Amazon's selling it for 15 if I buy a bunch from Walmart, then that will make them tend to raise their prices mm. on that product. Yeah. If, if Amazon has a ton in stock and they're not selling all of them, that will cause them to lower their prices a little bit. Right. So it makes it makes everything even out a little bit. So you um, are you are standing on this fulcrum on the teeter totter, kind of trying to even things out. Yeah, exactly. I'm one one little tiny cog in that machine, but there are hundreds of thousands of people doing this. Yeah, and if you're doing this at, at scale, because obviously it'll work out at some point if so many people just buy these products in store instead of on Amazon. But if you go and and you do it in mass, then it speeds up the whole process. Oh, absolutely. And, and you just you become a middleman that gets to pocket a little money. This is interesting. I don't care for how inefficient. I don't care for how inefficient this is that, that this is even possible. But right. it's not a bad thing if 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 I'm going on Amazon to buy a, a fifteen dollar toy for my child, which I don't have. But if I'm going on there to buy a fifteen dollar toy, but then you send them in at two dollars and I can buy it a ten. Everybody wins. Well, I guess. see, I see, in that in that case, you're actually sp still spending whatever whatever Amazon has it priced for. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so if they're selling it for fifteen, then you'll still spend about fifteen on it. Okay, However, I can actually set my own prices. So, if I oh. want to sell it for thirteen, I can. Uh, but I know that I can also get fifteen out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Whew. Now, that's just the retail arbitrage portion. Uh, mm -hmm. There's also what's called online arbitrage. It's the exact same thing, except instead of walking into Walmart, you go to walmart.com. Yeah, and, right. okay, so that's what, that's what I was thinking was. Yeah. What if you had a program that could just skim through all of this and find these discrepancies and then so, and just fill up your cart with things, you go in, pick it up, or you have UPS go pick it up to ship, I don't know. Yeah. And Hands can, off. I mean... There, there are different places you can go to find suppliers online too, where you can actually actually talk to the wholesaler of these actual branded products. Um, and you can order uh, like a thousand of one item at a time and send it straight into Amazon. Uh, you can actually have them do all of the prep. You need to attach some labels uh, to the product. You can have the, the wholesaler do that for you and send it directly into Amazon on your behalf. And, you know, in that case, you would pay them, like, like 50 cents per item. Okay, so so these retailers have got to be doing this by themselves, right? Oh, they, no. They've got to be sending some of this to Amazon, realizing that they can profit off, off these. Actually, yeah, yeah, uh, they the, do. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a big part of it. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself... Is having Amazon fulfill these orders and do the customer service is that work worth about five dollars per per unit? Right. You have to do it at scale, or else this whole thing is right. just you and you going down the kids' aisle and scanning items and uh, you know making a dollar off tiddlywinks for eight oh, hours exactly. of work. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. It's a really cool concept, though. Mm -hmm. I uh, I love the concept. Again, there are people who do this as their full-time job. 
Dang. Uh, and it's just working for yourself. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a fun concept. Oh, I, I'm very interested in this too. Not to actually do it, but I just love how these... It's not cheating the system, It's but it's it's kind of gaming the system. But it's it's helpful. It is providing balance to the to the overall overall market, right? So yeah. there there is a an essential good to it. But yeah, it'd be a lot of work to get started, but if there were ways to just automate this or uh and I'm sure people have already created apps for like customers to go in and do this themselves and say, "Hey, I can get you this uh at this price." Oh yeah, it might take two extra days, but here you go. I I know Amazon has that like a price check kind of thing, but hmm, that that is interesting. And it's fun, you know. Instead of uh, sitting down and watching TV, something else to do, right? Um, and it's it's it is kind of fun. It feels like you're going on a bit of an adventure when you're going out to these retail stores and scanning a bunch of things. Is this something you do often, or are you just more interested in the in the overall like process of it, the um, of the trying to trying to learn about this so you can maybe find your own your own process or your own uh, I don't know find find a new uh, little little thread that you can pull in this bigger system. Yeah, that's that's kind of more of how I'm tackling it. I've sent yeah. in a few a few shipments to Amazon. Uh, just using that retail arbitrage method where you're picking, you know, four of one item and two of another item yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, as Kmart was closing in my area, uh, I sort of capitalized on that. Wow. Um, but man, besides that, it's that I don't think the retail arbitrage part is too scalable because you right. need to spend, like you said, several hours going through <laughs> going through these stores and putting together a shipment. and. Ugh. It, it does take some time, but um, but it's a step I, on a ladder. There, there's yeah. another rung where you're gonna find like, oh, this is this is a new new way into this. Man, I think I think the way to go. Uh, I really do. You can quote me on this. The way to go is to find some sort of wholesale supplier uh, who has just the right product. You need to do a lot of research uh, to see whether or not that product sells well, whether it's ranked well in its category. Um, that kind of thing. A lot of you need a lot of uh, data if you choose a product, right? Especially if you're going to buy 500 or a thousand of that product. But uh, man, I think that's the way to go. Just yeah. buy 500 at a time. If you can move, in. if you can move a, a ton of these things at once. Yeah. Interesting. It's fun, man. <sighs> yeah, it, yeah. I, for most people, this is probably like bone dry, boring, but. But the thing I, is, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be some wizard to be able to do this stuff. It's simple. It's right. something that literally anybody can do. Right. Well, here's why I think I'm interested is because my my mother, since we're talking parents, she's owned a store for as long as I can remember. Right. Uh, that sells educational supplies. Right. And so. She pretty much about everything she sells can be bought online at the same price or cheaper in a lot of cases. Unfortunately, I th- there are like just a, a few a few things that maybe she can get get cheaper uh, and get through her store just because she's had these long relationships with these suppliers. Sure. 
uh, and I guess we don't need to go into all that, but the most interesting thing about walking into her store are these processes that she has set up over literally decades of owning and running the store on her own. And she's not tech savvy, right? And she's, she's, they have a computer and they keep their inventory on there and you know, all their accounting is there, but they still work on paper by and large. Hmm. So like you go into the back room of the store and the first thing you see is this big wall of random boxes. And so this is their fulfillment center, I guess. So they don't do like two day shipping or direct shipping really. They get things from a bunch of different suppliers and these teachers in schools send in orders, usually like pretty giant orders, especially back to school is her, her big time of year. And they, so her store will um, kind of an, assemble these packages uh, of things that people order from different suppliers, right? It's okay. It's your basic retailer, but she also, you know, they, they can come in and pick them up. She's the only, I think they're the only store from, oh, wow. Not, not in the state. There are a few here in the metro, in the Omaha area. But between here and there, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, so, so that's kind of nice that people can just come in and, and pick things up uh, the day of when they need them. They don't have to wait on shipping. Oh, exactly. Um, and then, you know, she also gives discounts to these schools uh, if they order from a routinely, I think, like, you know, 10, 15%. But so she's created this whole fulfillment process where she gets things from different suppliers and fills these orders, like, incrementally. So... They have all these boxes and they've got random things in them and they have random pieces of paper stuck to them with like order numbers. Again, they work all on paper and she doesn't have boxes with her logo on them. She ships everything out in the boxes that she receives, right? Sure. So th- that's another weird thing. She, she's never tried to brand this place. And, you know, since that's kind of what I've done for a living, uh, I've always I've always wanted her to, but I've never pushed her to because it's such a unique experience going in there and, and, and like seeing how they put these orders together because huh. yeah yeah and and her packing is like yesterday's newspaper right she, right she literally from i've said literally twice bleep bleep bill well. <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah she so she takes old newspapers i i think she sometimes goes down to the uh, newspaper hub there and gets old papers and, and tears it up and there's, there's her, her packing, right? It's That's cool. She has all these systems, many of which are inefficient, working on paper. She doesn't, every, every order, even in store, when someone buys something, is on paper. She doesn't have a, a point of sale system, like she doesn't scan barcodes or anything like that. So a lot of these things are tremendously inefficient. Uh, She also has, they do gift cards, and I don't know exactly how they keep track of them. It's not in a computer, but they have these cards printed off, and then they color each one with, like, markers. They color certain parts in different ways so they they can tell that they're unique. And I don't know if they stamp a code on these or, or what, but, again, it's just another little hitch in the system and so i'm sure if if 
someone, even if I went in there, I could find a thousand different things to make her life so much easier. But that maybe ruins ruins the experience of her running the store and for the customer, right? Oh yeah. The customer isn't coming into like a homogenized, like a, a Starbucks next to a Target, right? It, it's not, it's not going to be that kind of atmosphere where you can go to any moderate to large city in the U.S. and, and have the same experience. This is a, a unique experience in itself. And right, so, and maybe I, maybe that is the brand of it. That well, totally, totally, right? This old stained carpet that she has, and. Uh, it's it's hard to explain if you haven't been there. There's there's a smell of these. Most of these products that she has are like books or decorations for a classroom or like posters with arithmetic on it. Kind of like references that you hang around your classroom, K through 12. And there's a smell to them, hmm. right? It's it's like opening a new book, but the whole store is a new book, and you go in there and it smells so good and pencils. Right, so there's the wood from the pencils that she sells. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's so great. Um, well, another, I think another way to think about this is that, first of all, do you think that, do you think that just simply making some of those things more efficient would, uh, would by and large get her more customers? Probably. Well, okay. So there, there's I, several. Several things here. So one, she's just resistant to change because sure. she's she's older. She's setting her. She's one to to make a process and she sticks to it. Like anytime I have to teach her anything on the computer, uh, she gets out the pen and paper and she writes everything down, like every step. Like okay, he clicked okay, and he moved his mouse pointer up to the top left hand of the screen, and he clicked twice. She's yep. just that kind of person. So I'm sure it they're. Yeah, well, and there are a ton of things that are inefficient about this, but I have to I have to believe that she has stumbled unknowingly on a few things, on, on ways to do a few things that nobody else has that are, for some reason, more efficient or more charming for the customer. And no one needs to come in from outside, not even me. I don't, I don't need to go in there and stick my nose in that business because... She's been in business forever, and you know th- there's got to be a reason why she she doesn't take a profit from any of this. I don't think she's ever ran a profit, right? She's lost sure. she's lost money for a few years, and then she's broken even. And I don't think she even takes a salary herself. So I don't know, man. One of I think an example of one of those things that uh, that shouldn't be changed, uh, man. The newspaper. I love it mm-hmm. because that's that's like the epitome of shopping locally. That's right. why you shop locally is because is for the, for that feeling. You know, right. you you have it packed with newspaper and you you receive that package, uh, whether whether she ships it or you come pick it up or whatever. You know for a fact that somebody like took time to pack pack those things into the boxes and then arrange the newspaper uh, just the right way so that it's packed. Uh, securely and safely. Yeah. Whereas if you order something from Amazon that doesn't totally fill up the box or any other like massive corporation. Oh yeah. It's filled with uh, whether it's bubble wrap or those those huge uh, inflatable plastic bubble things. Yeah. 
or whatever, and it, it just has like uh, corporate giant written all over it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't care about this. This this box was placed inside of this box by a robot, very yep. very clearly, and yeah, way not enough packing, or just the box is like not the right size for the. That's that's an old thing of of like getting a very small item in a large box. That doesn't happen with her though, right? And she. Right. So the other thing is. Uh, I've been in there like helping her a few times and she knows exactly where every size and type of box is and she'll say oh go into the back room and there's there's a box with like this blue logo on it um, top shelf second to top shelf left side she knows where every box is and she can see down the down the line what size of a box she'll need for these different products and she knows product numbers she knows like every product number and, and she sells thousands of items, so she is the brand for yeah. sure. And another thing that I find amazing is that she ships these things out in the original boxes that they came in. So she's shipping it out with another company's brand on it, right? The manufacturer's right. brand on it. So it never has her big creative teacher logo or a sticker on the side of it, which is one. It's eco-friendly, right? You're not buying new boxes and throwing out old boxes you're and reusing yeah you're reusing yeah and how how fun is that it's it's like it feels very personal and small timey in a good way i guess but this is something that you know your artisan shops need to pick up on is this is eco-friendly we just maybe maybe you do print out some stickers and put them on the side of the box but say hey we're, we're reusing this box because that's how things should be done uh that's a, that's another thing but inside of each order that she ships out and in the store she puts a small plastic bag with a note saying thank you hope you're completely satisfied and some things like that and she signs each one of these but then they also put in like maybe a few sheets of stickers that you would put on a kid's homework or some candy yeah yeah that is so cool in like a in like a ziploc bag and sometimes the stuff doesn't even fit inside of it, and she's got to like crumple it or like tape it. You know, it Man. it looks unprofessional, but the end result, I'm sure, when you're getting a box like this, is just a a different experience that you would never get buying from any sort of big box. Right. Man, that is so intriguing. Right. I I think the whole I think the whole concept of of running a retail store and doing it your own way, that is that's one of the most intriguing things. Yeah. Again, yeah. like you said, this is this has been like her uh, daily life for the past uh, couple decades. Oh, and I should say this is her second job. She's a full time she's a full time teacher. So oh, I did is, not realize that. Yeah, one night a week she she drives to this store, which is like forty minutes away from where she lives, and then uh, every every weekend she she goes there. Uh, at least one day, and, and works the whole day. So this is this is her. It's not income though. It's not a passive income. She, I'm sure she's lost money, and she. I don't think she's really that interested in owning a business. She doesn't care or pay attention to any sort of bottom line stuff. And it's only when I've like asked her to to print out spreadsheets and and we kind of sit down and go over them that she she takes an interest but otherwise she is content with this thing just running inefficiently and if it runs it runs who cares i'm just kind of here to help the teachers in the area right but she doesn't come off as selfless like that 
but she she totally is right she's not doing this she's never made money on this i i'm sure she has lost a ton uh over the decades that she's done it man that's not just that's, yeah. that's really noble though if you ask me that's i mean she saw that around this area there's literally nothing like her store right there's there's nothing even similar to to what she does yeah she saw the need for it she saw that teachers uh needed needed these certain supplies and she's like okay well i guess i'll do it yeah but and it's it's but she she never comes off as like preachy or like i'm doing this for the good of my neighbors you know it's right it's like so just far-fetched from her to like ever think about how she could take it to a bigger operation or to, to close it down because honestly with uh with online retailers it's she's suffered a lot she she's online too but ooh, it's uh it's it's taken some hits on her and even like raising minimum wage over the past decade like that's that's kind of hurt her because um, i think she only employs like three or four people um and they're yeah yeah, it, that adds up. It's just a, it's a she's she's built this little ecosystem, and there are like certain processes that have evolved independently of any consultancy. It's it's just all been her, and she doesn't have a background in business. She never went to school for it. Never took classes for it. Doesn't read books about it. Doesn't read anything about it online. Um, it's just. Her doing it just to do it man that's so awesome that's uh that's something about uh, that's one thing about setting up processes and standards within a business is that uh, it, it would be helpful to have a lot of you know to have some business background or some business knowledge mm-hmm. uh, when setting these things up but you don't need to you uh i mean when you're setting a lot of these things up it's just a matter of thinking to yourself okay what makes the most sense right like, how should we do this? Start with the idea. Ski Nebraska. Let's let's not worry about why we're selling these Ski Nebraska posters in Denver. Right. Let's yeah, just, exactly. Let's just print 10,000 of them and, and go give it a shot. Yeah. And it works out. It does. Uh, so I think the moral of this of these few stories is uh, don't <laughs> overthink things. Right? Don't overthink. Just, just take action. And we've we've proven that we do not clearly think things out uh, no. over the course of this episode. Bless you.